welcome so, to the sibling yeah. trap podcast it's my turn to do my backstory and god dang it i'm sweating put the fan on me i feel like you did such a good job at your backstory that i'm like i, I didn't prepare properly but i, I didn't prepare either i just rambled through <laughs> several hours but i'm god, so excited you know to get into it it's a your editors she's a gem She's a gem. She's going to edit all of it out. Don't worry. Well, hello. I'm Katrina or Katie, um, as a lot of my favorite people call me. Um, a lot of people don't call me Katie anymore. So it's special. You guys get to see like the side of me that I don't show on social media. I changed to Katrina because I felt like it was a lot more professional. Well, my backstory, I'm not going to go like too into detail because I have a grocery pickup coming up. So let's just be real. I grew up in Wisconsin as Barry grew up in Texas, and uh, I grew up without our father, which is another thing that I am, it's a nice way for us to connect more, to hear about like his stories and his memories. When I had mentioned I was starting a podcast with you, one of my friends was like, oh, I'm so excited to like hear your family's stories. And I was like, we don't really have that. Um, so that's shared. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, it was a moment where I was like, well, shit, like, is it even worth it if we don't have family stories? And I'm like, no, but it is because we have kind of interwoven in each other's lives over the years. And a lot of the things that have happened to me have happened to you or in different ways. So I grew up with a single mom and I very much was aware of my father's presence. And I think that it, it caused a lot of trauma that, you know, none of us really love to have but it is what it is I didn't really have a choice in it and then when I was uh, probably like 15 or 16 I feel like I was looking on MySpace um, for my father and then I don't know exactly the details because I swear I have like dissociative amnesia where I don't remember a lot I stumbled across my brother and I was like I think that you're my brother this is it really was, weird it was MySpace that's right I, I thought it was Facebook but man <laughs> MySpace days. Oh man. Right? <laughs> Definitely a throwback. Um, and then my crazy ass. Uh I never really felt like I belonged in a small town living in Wisconsin. I'm like, I always wanted to like get out and experience the world because I felt very um limited here. So at 17, I had met someone online and we started dating long distance. And honestly, it was like my ticket out of Wisconsin. So um, yes, thank you. <laughs> so I left to New York City at 17. I graduated high school a half year early, lived out there for eight years. And in those eight years, you know, I started, I lived with him and his parents because we were 18. I worked at, you know, a children's hair salon, like sweeping up the floor. I lived at, it worked as a nanny for his cousin, like, and then it just kind of progressed from there. I, I got a really good, I guess, good, it's perspective, but um, I got a really high profile nanny job on Craigslist. I learned a lot in that job. And, you know, I was in different relationships where it's a recurring theme, honestly, like men, men, quote unquote, um, who really weren't. And I felt like I always had my shit together, like in a way. So like I was, you know, grinding, I was doing the job and, you know, living in New York city and being a nanny for different families. That's like, I was Sunday night to six at 6 PM till Friday night at six, like all the time on call. 
for this family. Um, can't really say names because I did sign an NDA, but it was very know. toxic yeah, and I, I was very unhealthy and I lost a ton of weight and I was so proud of myself. Like, oh my God, I'm like the skinniest I've ever been. And my hair was falling out, but I was like, it's fine. I'm skinny. Like it, I'll just buy a wig. You know, I didn't really realize how um, toxic that workplace was. I was at this point where I was like 21. Yeah, I was 21. And I, you know, had gone to the Hamptons with them. I had gone to, was it Utah? I think it was Utah, like on a skiing trip for the winter. Like this was the kind of family that I worked for. It was like very much flashy, very, you know, extravagant things and places. And um, it honestly opened me up to a world that I had never imagined like I had never imagined like working for someone who has like a whole wall of Louboutin shoes I'm like what like people actually this is a life like right right. and then they're like oh well here's a hundred dollars go to lunch like this is like mind-blowing to me so I stepped into this world that I really felt was like the next level for me but it was so demanding of me and you know this boy had just gone through his parents divorce and he was very you know traumatized by it because it was very high profile a lot of like toxic energy so it was really demanding and then I eventually quit that job and and worked for another family who is still to this day just so supportive and you know they had a house in the Hamptons and it was in New York City and like there were two girls and and I loved every minute of it and then I met someone while I was shopping at Urban Outfitters Um, he worked there and I don't know. I, I'm never single for long. That's the thing with me. I'm never single for long because there's always someone else that swoops up and I fall hard. I'm a hopeless romantic and I fall hard. And um, <clears throat> you're a hopeful <laughs> romantic. Remember positivity, hopeful romantic. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. True. And but, but still, yeah. still, right. We've learned we've, we've come a long way here. And so I fell for him and uh, then I became pregnant, um, about a year later. And then I was like, well, it doesn't make sense for me to be a nanny and then pay someone to take care of my kid. So I quit my nanny job, which was like a full salary. Like it was like money that I couldn't have even dreamed of in, in Wisconsin. And I was like, I gave it up. And then at that point, you know, it was, it was such a different world because I was living in Queens, in a part of Queens where they didn't speak a lot of English and it was really isolating for me because I didn't connect with anyone nearby. And that was a whole other challenge. And so I became a stay-at-home mom and I gave birth to my daughter Quinn in Brooklyn. And it was an experience that I'm really glad that I got to have because, you know, I, I had a very natural, no medication birth and not even laughing gas. Like it was a very empowering moment for me. I felt like, I mean, a fucking superhero, to be honest with you. Um, And I loved every minute of that day. And I even have a YouTube video about it, talking about it. And then once that happened, I started doing YouTube videos because I was like, my family doesn't live near me. And I want them to be able to see my daughter growing up and, you know, the, the ins and outs of motherhood. And that was really the primary reason why I started a YouTube channel. But then over time, like I started to like connect with other moms who felt isolated and who felt like nobody understands what I'm going through. And like the hard moments when you are alone because your husband's working, like my, my son, my daughter's father, I don't, 
I can't call him anything right now. He was working multiple jobs, I think like three jobs at one point because, you know, without my salary, it was really hard in New York City. So it was really just on me most of the time, like with her. And, you know, while it was great, it was definitely not ideal. So about a year after she was born, we moved back to Wisconsin because I was like, you don't want to raise your kid in a concrete jungle. Like I wanted to go outside and like play in the grass and not have to wear, you know, shoes. Like she can just go out, you know, might she might step on a bee, but like it's fucking better than like, you know, trash in New York City. Right. Um so I really felt like it was a good move because I would have had, you know, support here and it was nice to have someone there to help out. And, you know, through that time I was doing YouTube videos, we were filming, you know, her life and then my life about, you know, as a mom, like my favorite things and you know, the lessons that I had learned and and then about a year after we moved here to Wisconsin, I got pregnant with my son, Grayson. Completely different experience. Um, I experienced a lot of anxiety and like helplessness as um, my pregnancy went on. And I felt really like I'm not being helpful in any way. Like why, you know, I'm just like, poor me, like fucking pity party every day, honestly. Oh. Um because it's just hard because you're like, well, you know, what good am I? Like, I can't do all the things I used to do. And they both were good cookers. They stayed in there as long as they could. And then I had a C-section with him. I had planned to do a natural birth with him, just like I did with my daughter. Uh, I had a, you know, what's it called? Uh, a doula. And there's another word. Like, she would help me, like, understand, like, what was going on basically oh my god why can't i think of the word a midwife as a midwife that's what midwife. it is yeah, yeah, yeah. midwife i was gonna say that but yeah i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah clearly you do when i fucking know i she just wasn't the right fit it wasn't the same vibe and it's it's hard to compare you know because my first birth was so magical and um i didn't have the same team around me and then once really I found out he was, yeah. yeah, and there wasn't a passion like with Quinn's birth team, like there was this passion from the midwives and the nurses and the doulas. They were all just like really excited to be a part of it versus like, you know, a 50 year old woman who's like, meh, I gotta it's do another yeah. I couple of thousand dollars, you know? So once I found out he was breech and then, um, there's nothing I could do about it because my blood pressure just kept going up and up and our, uh, estranged sister was there for that day filming the day so I had to be transferred to the hospital for an emergency c-section and honestly like that is the most like I felt so stripped of my power in that moment because I felt so powerful in Quinn's birth where I was like I'm in this like I'm part of this like I'm feeling everything and I'm very like present in the moment you know then jumping to my son where they literally had to cut me open and strap me down to the bed because I couldn't it was so detached from everything and that took a long time for me to emotionally heal from that trauma because if I did it once why couldn't I do it again like everything kind of shifted in that moment of like well you know you've robbed me of my decision and now like I have to deal with this um I don't like not being in control of things <laughs> so um it's fine I'm growing I'm learning and then you know he was born in 2017 and I was, you know, still a stay-at-home mom and I was doing different MLM, like multi-level marketing companies, like books and oils and like all these things to bring in some money, but like in a fun way, not as a jobby job because healthcare, I'm not healthcare, uh, childcare is really expensive and it's not worth it 
a lot of times for a family to have someone go to work and then having to pay for someone to watch the kids. You know, COVID hit. And honestly, I, I hadn't realized how much COVID had affected me until um, probably the summer because it just like threw everything off. Like I was on top of everything. And then all of a sudden I'm like, my mother instincts were on overdrive and it was like having to be an emotional rock for them while also dealing with my own uncertainty and fear and all of that is really something that a lot of people don't talk about whether it's in COVID or in general and I'm getting really good at that and that was honestly you know it was a turning point in my marriage too because I didn't even say we got married in 2014 and Barry married us he's so good yeah that was a weekend I don't remember much about but you know clearly it happened um and it was as a turning point, you know, in COVID because my mental health really took a dive and like being so present and so intentionally supportive of my children, a lot of things kind of fell by the wayside, right? It's like my own mental health, my own, you know, relationship with food, my relationship with my body, my relationship with my house and with my husband as well. And then it was really like, what am I living for? I wasn't fulfilled at all. So then I started a business of my own in 2021. Um, I worked on my parenting. I figured out, you know, how to help my child who was out of the box and wired differently and in a way that felt very empowering and not like placing guilt on her for having her feelings and being human. Um, and I wasn't repeating the cycles that I had seen as a kid. So it felt very empowering. Like, okay, I've got that done. Check. Like I'm on top of that. Now I can go and start my business. And so in 2021, I started a, a membership for women and, um, you know, to help them feel more empowered to look for the good and, and just have a more positive mindset, which I think we all needed at that time because it was really uncertain and um, fearful and isolating, so isolating. And from there it's grown and, you know, I've always had, a platform to speak on, whether it's my own podcast or memberships or courses or social media. So last year I went to a retreat. I booked a retreat in Texas, partly because that's where Barry is. And I was like, well, if I'm going to go anywhere, let's just have it where I know someone and I want to see them. Selfish reasons. It's fine. So there were nine women who came and we got an Airbnb right by the beach. And it was so relaxing and fulfilling and motivating. And um, then when I came back, my marriage imploded. And, you know, I can't really, I have to be really careful about what I say, because I'm not placing blame because we all have contributions as to why something works or doesn't work out. But I think that like, uh, you know, from the moment Quinn was born to last October, it felt like survival mode. Like, well, afterwards, after this chapter, like we're going to be fine because then we'll get to, you know, connect as a partner, like as a partnership and like the kids will be in school and it's going to be so nice. And that didn't happen. Like nobody talks about what happens when it doesn't work out, like when you don't make it out of the survival mode. So survival from, mode lasts long time. Yeah, that's it's tough. And yeah, there's there's really no way to like plan for what happens if it fails. That's, right. That's incredible. Yeah. And when you marry someone, you think like, well, it's through thick and thin. Like this is just the the hard part. Like we're going to 
be fine. We're going to bounce back from this. That didn't happen. And, you know, I spent a few months like really trying to look at my own stuff and like improve on the things that, you know, I wasn't great at, or, you know, I could get better at. And then um, in January of this year, so like nine months ago, uh, almost 10 months ago, oh my God, it was decided that, you know, we were not going to be together anymore. So that was a nice wake up call. That was a really fun time. I spent like the last, the two months after that in bed reading because how can I numb out in a way that isn't going to hurt my children and that, you know, isn't drinking or being unhealthy. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I bought books and I read tons of romance stories and I fell in love with people falling in love, even though I was, you know, heartbroken. You know, we didn't want to tell the kids because my kids are very big feelers and I didn't want to tell them until, you know, he had a place of his own or, you know, I had a job that I could support us on our own. From January to June, it was really nobody knew except for us and you and um, the women in my my membership because they were like my inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a really hard thing to hold on to, you know, from October when things fall apart until June, like that felt like five years. So, you know, coming clean to my kids, like once school was out and being like, hey, like, I know what I want to say. It's not like placing blame on anyone, but I want you to know that this is what's happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the conversation with them. um, Well, he was there too, but it was basically, I had, you know, for anyone that's going through a breakup, like maybe this will help, you know, give you some insight or what to say. So my son, when he was like two years old, had these pair of sneakers that were blippy themed and they would change um, color in the sun. Right. So like they would start off blue and then you'd step in the sun they'd turn white and you fucking love those shoes and I was like buddy do you remember like those really cool blippy sneakers you had and he's like oh yeah and I'm like you really loved them even if they didn't fit you right and he was like yeah I was really sad I couldn't get another size and like that's exactly what's going on here like he's a great guy I'm really good like but we just don't fit anymore and that doesn't mean that it you know we weren't awesome together but at the same time, you can't be walking around on a shoe that doesn't fit. So it hurts your feet. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's, a, that's an amazing analogy that you Thank were able you. to share with me. I, I came up with that on my own. So I kind of feel like thanks. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it's I, I can understand it being really hard to break that to somebody that just doesn't have enough life experience. And to be able to correlate it in a way that they'll understand like that, that's, that's amazing. Thank you. So in October, when I came back from the retreat, my daughter had picked up this new habit where she essentially um, like plucks out her eyelashes and her eyebrow lashes to cope with stress. Um, and it didn't start until I came back from the retreat. So putting two to two together, like she was self-harming to you know, help herself regulate in this situation where she could feel the energies off. Like kids can read energy a hundred percent. So even if you're telling yourself like, oh, they don't know what's going on. Like they have no idea. I'm like, but they do, they do know what's going on. Even if they can't put a word to it, like they know something is off. So that really, you know, in those months kicked up because she could sense something, but I didn't want to throw her off in school. And like, the emotional meltdowns were not something that I wanted to trigger um, until it was summertime where I had this like mental 
capacity to take it on and not have to be like, well, you need to go to school now. You know, you've been crying for an hour, but like you still need to go to school. So the summer was really good in a way that we connected a lot and we talked a lot and, you know, no questions are off the table, but, you know, they can, they're making their own perspective, I guess, from the whole situation. Like I'm not at the point where we aren't living together yet, but it definitely feels like it is closer because I'm, I'm kind of stubborn in a way that like, I, I know what I can offer and I know that, you know, I'm building this business of my own on my own terms and people pay me great money to help them. And, you know, it's a long haul, but like, there's no stopping me. So the freedom is there. It's coming. And that's where we're at. I feel very optimistic. And I think that the past like eight months or whatever it's been have been really eye-opening because I it's given me perspective now that the the rose colored glasses are off like all the things that you know maybe you ignore in a relationship that are cracks in a foundation you're like oh well surely we'll figure that out later like it's not a big deal it's not a red flag but like honestly like if there are cracks in the foundation like you're fucked that no amount of time or money is going to fix it like you're just fucked and so that feels really good to know moving into whatever's next in life because it's good perspective. And you got to build yeah. your own foundation. Yeah. And yeah. through your success, that's this incredible. I just want to say I'm so proud of you. I'm so very proud of you. There's a lot in that story that I didn't even know about your birth and all that stuff. And knowing that now, like it makes sense. Like who you are as a person makes sense. And we're both stubborn. We both share that quality. I think we get it from that. But yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like even through all of what's going on in your marriage and with your kids, you're still able to find that success and build that business. And that is incredible, dude. So incredible. Thank you. You're like my number one supporter some days. So I'm grateful for you. I appreciate it. I try. You try. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wraps up my story. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been a blast. We'll see you next week.